You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 412. Today is a special honor coaching session, Navigating Turmoil with Love, a guide for the tween years. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Welcome, welcome back, my friend. I hope that you are doing well. Listen, if you haven't done so yet, please. Make sure you're subscribed. Don't miss the episodes. And if you have ever gotten any value from this episode, please go over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. Just helps the podcast grow more. We have grown all the growth organically. And your review makes a huge difference. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. In a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with a listener, Katrina, who is a mom of two kids, a nine-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son who is currently struggling between balancing her time between her two kids and managing her daughter's stress. So you're going to hear that Katrina's family has been through a lot of turmoil and now her nine-year-old daughter is struggling with a real dive in her self-confidence. She's having anger and some major self-doubt. So we're going to talk about how Katrina can show her tween loving acceptance while also guiding her through her bad behavior moments. So we're going to talk also about how to repair a relationship after years of battles. If you have a tween now or will have a tween in the future, you are definitely going to want to listen to this episode. So join me at the table as I talk to Katrina in this special on-air coaching session. The April 20th Mindful Parenting Retreat Day is filling up fast. Join me and other parents in Wilmington, Delaware for a day of rest and relaxation, mindfulness and mindful communication practices, and a live podcast too. And my special guest for the live podcast is, drumroll please, Lynetta Willis. You know her from episode 366 and 400. She is a psychologist and sought-after speaker who teaches her Triggered to Transformed program to struggling parents. Join us and bring a friend to this powerful day-long retreat in Wilmington, Delaware on April 20th, 2024. But hurry, space is limited. Go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat to get your spot now. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash retreat. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast, Katrina. I'm so glad that you are here and um, for this on-air coaching call. This is super cool. So you have two kiddos, Abigail and Jameson. Tell us a little bit about you and your family and what are some wins that you guys have had? Um, So I am a home health nurse. Um, I work in the neighboring county that we live in. Married. Uh, We have, like I said, two children. Um, My daughter, Abigail, is absolutely amazing. My little boy is absolutely amazing also. And I want to start by saying that, you know, the reason why I wanted to come on here was because of Abigail, um, the trouble we're having with her. However, 
she can be the most amazing, wonderful, beautiful child in the whole world at times. But it just seems at times that we're, we're having trouble. Um, my husband was in a hunting accident about two years ago. He fell about 20 feet out of a deer stand and shattered his calcaneus Oof. bone, which uh-huh. is your heel, which we did not think was going to be that big of a deal. And it happens and you realize it's a very major injury. So we're about two surgeries in. Now, it was not life-threatening. It was just very life-changing for quite a bit of time. So with that, my little boy was about 10 months old when that happened. So Abigail had a lot of changes happen right at once. After my husband failed, we were about four months non-weight-bearing. Following the second surgery, he was about three months non-weight-bearing. And that really changes what you can do in home with your family and children. Um, so some of the wind I say is I've been listening to the podcast and I've been trying to implement that in to our lives. Recently, I've started having Abigail, when we get into arguments, I'll have her go upstairs. I'll go to my room. We both go to our room so she doesn't feel like I'm punishing just her. And lately, after she goes to her room, she'll go up there for yeah. a few minutes, come back down and say, Mama, I apologize. Um, I see where I did this wrong and I just want to say I'm sorry. That's very and mature of her. Yeah, and she is. She's nine, but she is one of the most mature. She will wake up in the mornings, get herself up, get her little brother up, fix him breakfast, fix her lunchbox and his lunchbox, get his clothes out. I mean, she is wow. the most mature nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, but at times, that completely changes. And I don't know if that is normal behavior for her age or mm-hmm. if it's something bigger. Following everything that happened with her, she has developed a lot of doubt, a lot of self-confidence issues, and that is a really big concern for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet. Um, okay, so how do you see these doubt and self-confidence issues? Well, firstly, wait, before I say this, I just want to acknowledge the wins. Like, she sounds awesome. I mean, she's so mature. She's taking so much responsibility. She's taking care of her little brother. She's fixing breakfast. She came down. She'll come down and apologize to you. She has a lot of maturity. She wants to repair that relationship. She obviously cares about, you know, wanting to, you know, be close to you. And she's nine now. So she's entering that tween time. And that's wonderful that she wants to maintain that closeness now. So you have some awesome wins going for you. You had a lot of tragedy and, and challenge with the accident. But you, you're also like you're growing, you're learning, you're not letting it keep you stuck. You're you're taking steps forward. So I just want to acknowledge all those wins, Katrina. They're really great. And she was a yeah. only child for six years. We had decided we wanted no further children. She was perfect and beautiful, and we never needed another child until she wanted a sister, and then she had a brother. So she, <laughs> that was a hard pill for her to swallow. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay. All right. So tell me about how is this, you're saying she's after the accident and things like that, you've seen this doubt and lack of self-confidence kind of come through. And so what does that look like? What does that sound? And and what what is it about that that makes you so worried? Well, it's, it just seems like everything. Um, if I show Jameson any attention at all, then I don't love her. 
Uh, he's my favorite. I don't care for her. At school, she has a lot of trouble with nobody likes her. Nobody wants to play with her. I have reached out to her primary teacher and her after-school care teacher, and neither of them see any of that within her behavior at school. They both state that she is outgoing, she's social, she has friends, she plays with everyone. But when we get home, she cries almost every single day. Everyone hates her. She has no friends. She, none of her cousins like her, which is not true, but she says that none of her cousins like her. They're all mean to her. And then recently, she started having a lot of body image issues. Um, We were talking a couple nights ago, and she just cried on my lap for 20 minutes because her arms are hairy, and her teeth are big, and she has freckles on her face. And she specifically said, I have elephant legs. Now, she is not an uh, unhealthy weight child at all. She is not skin and bones, but she is a very healthy weight child. She's not any of that. And she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like if mm-hmm. all of, and also with me, if all of my attention isn't on her, if we go for a girl's day and then I get a phone call from my husband and my little boy wants to speak to me, then I don't love her because I'm taking her time and I've ruined girl's day. Mm-hmm. That sounds incredibly frustrating and sad. I mean, I imagine it's really heartbreaking for you to experience this. It is. And I am someone who thrives off of um, criticism. If you if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do it 20 times over. She's not like that. She very much thrives on compliments and telling her she did great and good. So for a long time, I was more of the critic until I realized that that was not helpful. So I've tried to change that recently. I've tried to make sure that I'm giving her more encouragement than, um, you know, pushing her. Mm -hmm. But it just, it seems like the self-doubt and the self-confidence level is just continuing to get worse. And I don't know if that has to do with wanting the attention following my husband's injury because a lot of attention was on him. And then also a lot of attention was on my little boy because he was 10 months old and you know, he could not do any, you know, he couldn't do anything. I had to care for him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sounds like there's a a whole bunch of things that have happened here. And there's a lot of like, um, a lot of like uh, hurts that have kind of happened under the surface maybe for Abigail. And and I think, um, and I imagine right now, like, you know, you all did what you had to do to take care, to get through these moments. And now, you know, we obviously can't turn back time. So this is probably, it's got to be incredibly, you know, I imagine you're feeling really helpless about this because it's like, what, what do you do? Right. You want to, you want to support her and you want her to thrive. And yet you're seeing all this sadness and this hurt in her. I feel like if I would have did a little more with her, reached out for help more when this initially started, then maybe she wouldn't have these feelings. But, I mean, we were just barely making it at the moment, just trying to make it through daily life. So yeah, um, I will say recently, my husband did have a bad day where he could not walk. And when, you know, you could tell he was hurting and upset. And my little girl, when she saw him, she got very upset. She started crying. Um, So she'd come back downstairs and had a balloon 
and just wrote on the balloon, bad things happen to good people. Life isn't fair. And just like drew a face on it. And then she kicked and punched and slapped this balloon for probably an hour. And I just let her do it. I didn't know if that was a constructive way to release anger. You know, she wasn't hurting anyone. She wasn't hurting herself. Mm-hmm. She I just let her get it out. But I don't know if that yeah. was a sign that something really bad is going on or if she just had a moment and just needed to release what she was feeling. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's definitely expressing. What I think is healthy here is like she's talking to you. She's expressing stuff. She's coming to you. Right. This is all that's all really, really healthy. Now, Katrina, one thing you said is like you thrive off criticism. Now, I kind of want to like go into like I want to understand a little more about you and like the way you were raised and sort of the, you know, the culture that you were raised in. Like, were you were you given a lot of criticism? Was, you know, were you, you know, was your upbringing kind of a more authoritarian? Well, how would you describe that? Um, definitely more authoritarian. We are in the South, so we had to respect our parents, and we got spankings. And um, I would not say I was raised with a lot of criticism. My mother was absolutely wonderful. She did not work for most of my younger years, and she, when we did finally go to school, she decided to get a job at the store beside the school. So that if the school caught on fire, she could come and rescue us. <laughs> um, so she was a, a wonderful parent. <laughs> um, but still, it it is the South, mm-hmm. and you had to be respectful. You could not disrespect your parents. And but I I, I wouldn't say that I was was given a lot of criticism. I'm, I guess I'm very Type A. I like things a certain way. I like things to be put away. <laughs> I like for things to be done in a certain order. And I guess that just kind of mm-hmm. comes along with that. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcasts right after this break. You know, some healthy skepticism in my life has served me well. And if you're like that, if you can spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from about a mile away, you read labels like it's your job, congratulations, you're a skeptic. And Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. I take Ritual's Essentials for Women 18 Plus every single day, morning and at lunch, and I am feeling great. I love this vitamin. Ritual's Essentials for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. Plus, Ritual Vitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project-verified, gluten and major allergen-free, certified B Corp, and made traceable. They select lower carbon packaging, they prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. Plus, Ritual is a female-founded B Corp, which means they are responsible to the health of people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash mindful. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash mindful for 25% off. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence 
Whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. You know, not to go into it too deeply, but like, you know, I was spanked too and my, you know, and what we know from the research is that like when kids or hit like that's fear right you like i remember being totally afraid of my dad like raging down the hallway and it is not what kids need develop developmentally right like we for them to be able to to you know that's definitely an adverse childhood experience if you're like fearing your parents right it's a trauma of mm-hmm. a small of some degree or another maybe a little small t trauma or a big you know rather than a big t trauma of like a you know uh you know whatever but but that is a trauma and that can that can really affect us. Um, and it sounds like you're saying, um, you know, you're type A, you know, you like things a certain way. So it sounds like are you saying that like when Abigail's little, you're you want, you know, things a certain way. And so she was receiving maybe a lot of criticism from you. You were that kind of thing you were saying that is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Yes. And and not intentionally, bullet. You know, even even now, yeah, I want, and I've really recently listened to your podcast about children and chores. I want her room clean. I want her bathroom clean. Um, so I've tried mm-hmm. being a little less hands on with that. I ask her to clean her room. If it's not clean, then I'll shut the door. She does have to do her laundry. I do ask for her to have all clothes picked up off the floor because we have a little robot vacuum. Um, bullet. If something's left on the counter, I expect her to put it away. And she sees that as I'm always yeah. criticizing her. Yeah. That's not, I don't feel like I be criticizing her. I'm just asking her to throw away the strawberry container that she left open on the counter. Or to pick yeah. up her five pair of shoes off the floor. <laughs> I so hear you. I'm like, I'm totally in that with you. Just yesterday, I'm like, here's the pile of things that you've left in the in the in the uh downstairs because i like a tidy house too because that does help like lead to you know it's like it de-stresses right when we have like a lot of clutter around like our our brains register it as stress and things like that so that's that's all fine it's just a matter of like you know we want it sounds like abigail right now is needing a lot of support right sounds like she's needing a lot what i'm if she's feeling a lot of doubt, a lot of lack of self-confidence, she's she's not feeling, you know, she's kind of, it sounds like she's not feeling the love in some ways. You know what I mean? Like she's she's not feeling, you know, one of the biggest things our kids need from us is that 
unconditional love, right? Like, I love you no matter what. I love you no matter whether you're messy or or whatever you are, like whatever size you are, whatever shape you are, all of those things, right? And sometimes we can assume that our kids know this, but then, um, but then they may not, you know, and, and it sounds like from what I'm hearing is that she, she needs a feeling of like unconditional loving acceptance of, of who she is like, and she sounds like she might be needing, you know, like there's, I don't know if you've heard this analogy, but it's so simple. And I think it says so much, right. The relationship bank account theory which is an analogy, which is that, you know, like if you have a bank account, you got to put in way more deposits than, so if you have a cushion, when you withdraw. And actually the relationship um, uh, research bears this out that like our kids need like five positive interactions for every one kind of negative interaction, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like as I talk about this idea of like acceptance, does this kind of like ring anything in your heart and your mind, does it, does it sound like that might feel like it, it might be right for Abigail? It does. However, I, I struggle because I want to give her all this encouragement and love. But what do I do when we're having trouble? Do I not discipline her because of her behavior, because I'm trying to fill this bank account? Mm. Or do I let the behavior go unnoticed? Because she needs the support. That's where I'm having trouble. Mm. I don't want to be okay. the yeah, main great... mom or the mom that is, you know, punishing her all the time or disciplining her all the time. But also, there's certain things she has to do. She has to be respectful. She can't push her brother. And I don't know how to continue to give that love or that support. Not love, because I always love her. I don't know how to continue to give that support and still let Mm -hmm. her know what I expect. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's a real uh, struggle, right? Okay, so what to do when she's having trouble? What to do when there's behaviors that are really, really frustrating? Um, This is a great question because you want to support her, but you want, you don't, you don't want to let her run ramshot over the house. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, Okay, so when you think about the idea of to discipline, right? Um, the root of the word discipline, right? It's like disciplinist, right? It's the same as the root of the word disciple. And it, it means to, to teach, right? So to follow, to teach. So we want to sometimes like in our culture, like we have, when we think about discipline, we think about teaching and we've, we have been steeped in an idea of teaching that is that we want to, um, we want to like uh, make kids averse to negative behaviors and we want to make them like we want to kind of reward positive behaviors. But unfortunately, though, this kind of reward punishment um, way of doing things that's totally normal in 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 a lot of places is um, is actually can kind of undermine kids motivation to cooperate because um, it's kind of like, you know, when you you have a cop who's monitoring speeding and you like speed up after you see you go by the cop who's monitoring speeding right like you don't have that in intrinsic motivation right we want to have we want to teach her so if we think about the idea of discipline is to teach and to follow we want to teach her what are the positive behaviors so let's take an example of like how we can put this all into practice right like showing her that like loving acceptance 
and holding boundaries for behaviors that uh, that interfere with other people's needs in the household. So can can we get into like a, a concrete example? Do you have any? Um, so let's <laughs> see. So just recently, um, I asked Abigail to do her laundry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Abigail started doing mm-hmm. laundry at the house. She put the clothes in the washer, put the clothes in the, put the clothes in the washer, did not put the clothes in the dryer. For, you know, two days later, I realized she had started laundry. So I mm-hmm. said, baby, I said, if you're going to start uh, laundry, you have yikes. to finish it. It's just, it's part of the job. If you don't want to finish it, do not start it. So then she got very loud and she started yelling. She said that, I told her I was glad that I helped her, but if she wasn't going to finish what she started not to do it, I asked her to go to her bedroom. And then she started stomping, arguing. She said, this is why you don't care about anything I do. This is why no one likes you. This is why I don't love you. And I said, no, you need to go to your room. You need to mm-hmm. go to your room now. Okay. And she kind of fought me on it. No, I'm not going. I don't want to, but you have to. So that took a, took some time mm-hmm. to get her up there. But it was just something simple as, you know, don't start the laundry if you're not going to finish it. And like I said, I told her, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, baby. That was a very okay. big job. That was a wonderful thing to do. But she took that as criticism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's got to be so frustrating for you, right? Because you're just teaching her like, this is how life goes. You have to finish laundry. We don't want moldery, nasty clothes, right? So when she got loud, you said to go to her room. And so this is this is um, this is one of the things that you know, for you, like, you know, that the, like, go to your, go to your bedroom. This is, this is a place where I think we could make a, a positive change in this. Right. So when she got loud, what did she, she just kind of got like an attitude and was like, um, when you say that point, like she, she got kind of an attitude and was like, I don't know, I, I don't, why are you criticizing me? That kind of thing. You, you hate me. And that, that was when she was saying that kind of stuff. Yes. Okay. So this is great. Um, so this moment, this moment is definitely not a moment that we want to punish our child for or tell them to go to our room for. Because right now, when we say, when we say go to your room, we're separating from them. We're communicating non-acceptance. And this is the moment, right, where she's at her ugliest. She's having a really hard time. She's having a reactive moment. And this is a moment where we need to actually, um, we want it, like she's bringing the fist, right? And you're bringing the other fist, right? You're like, nope, you're not going to respond to me that way. And I'm bringing, you know, so, and in fact, what she's saying in this moment, like, is that I'm like, she's basically saying like, do you love me even though I'm loud and miserable? Like when we have the worst behavior, that's when we're feeling the worst, right? When she's yelling and feeling miserable she's feeling the worst and right and in those moments she's yelling so you're probably getting triggered right your stress response is happening your your nervous system is feeling threatened and so you're i mean for if it were me i would probably feel like like my body would want to yell or threaten like those are like kind of the default modes like that i would go into if i were being yelled at and my kid were getting loud is that kind of so for you too Yes, and that is why I asked her to go to her room, because I knew that if she sat there and continued to yell, I was going to lose my temper, and I was going to yell also. So I was trying to put some space between us so that we both could cool off, relax, and then 
we could talk about later, but it just continued to escalate. Okay. Yeah. So this, that was a really smart move where you wanted to cool off and relax and talk about it later because it shouldn't be such a huge big deal. What I would encourage you to do in that moment, say, whoa, you want to, instead of like, so it, an alternative response in this, a moment like this would be to like describe what's happening, right? Whoa, you're yelling. I'm feeling upset. You're yelling. This is, this is escalating, right? You could just describe what's happening non-judgmentally. Like, it's like, you're yelling. I'm feeling upset. This is escalating. I need a break because I don't want to yell at you. Okay? What I would do is describe and then say, I need a break. And just just take care of you. Um, and I know this sounds sometimes like when we're in this mode of like, we're in this battle mode with our kids, it can feel like, oh, but I'm letting my child win in that moment if I do that. And that's not true. This isn't a battle. You guys are on the same team. You are on her team. And because you are, because you love her, because you want to teach her, because you want to show her, you know, that you want to model healthy emotional regulation for her, right? You're going to say, I need a break. And you're going to go do what you need to do to calm yourself down. You're going to do um, longer exhales than inhales because that's like a body hack that puts your body out of the fight, flight, or freeze response into the rest and relax response. You might even like shake it out, like shake, go to your, the bathroom or your room, shake out your hands, shake out your arms. And there's this like, uh, I, I talk about this book, this book sometimes we have on our bookshelf called Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. And it's like, you know, like zebras, after they're all super stressed, they shake, like, ooh, like they shake their whole body. Like that's what dogs do, right? When they're stressed, they mm. shake it all out. It's the same thing for us. Stress is a, a physical energy where your muscles are tightening in your body, your heart rate is raising, you can shake it out. So you're going to do all the things you can do to bring yourself back to regulation so that you can use your whole brain and you're not reactive, okay? And and you can do that in front of her or you can do that by, you know, whatever whatever gets you there, right? Um, but you're going to down-regulate. You're going to describe what's happening and I need a break and then you're going to down-regulate, okay? And you're going to say, you might even say to yourself, this is not an emergency, okay? This is not an emergency because your brain is like, aha, I, we are being attacked, nervous system, we're being attacked, we have to attack back, right? And that's like kind of what's, you know, when you, uh, everything's getting escalated. So she she also needs maybe tools to downregulate too that you can go to. But let me just check in with you. How How are you feeling about this idea so far? What in your brain is saying, wait a second, this isn't going to work? Like, tell me about all of this. I just, I feel like, She's going to, if I do it in front of her, she's going to be mad because if I'm frustrated and I say, well, well why are you mad? Why, why are you mad? You hate me. Oh, you hate me. It's okay. You know, just a simple breath of I'm frustrated. If I walk away, I'm worried she's going to follow me and continue. <laughs> so that's, mm-hmm. those are just my con- concerns with that. But I mean, send her to a room is, is still a fight also. You know, I, sometimes she'll go very willingly. Sometimes when she's very upset, she she will fight me. She'll say no or say please. And 
don't see me or she'll walk away and not go to her room, even if I've told her. So I just need to lock myself in a bathroom. Yeah. I mean, she's nine. I mean, you can, t- you can totally do that. The truth is, like, when you send her to your room, you then put yourself in the position of having to be the enforcer, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're the cop and she's the prisoner. You know, and basically this is totally like what has been handed down from generations and generations from our parents. But it actually doesn't work as far as teaching her anything, right? You want to teach her to put the la- to finish the laundry, you know. And in that moment, when she when we punish her, we may, we make her feel bad because she's yelled and stuff like that. She then her nervous system goes into fight, flight, or freeze. She's very stressed, right? You you can see that. Then she can't access any of her, the slower parts of her brain. She can't learn anything when she's stressed. So Mm -hmm. if your goal is to teach her something, she can't learn anything. And and ultimately, Mm -hmm. putting her to a room is making her simply resent you, right? Mm -hmm. It's undermining, it's damaging your relationship. And when you damage your relationship, then she has less motivation to cooperate. So it is like uh, it's actually like doing the opposite of what you want. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you know, it seems like that's like kind of what our parents did, but it, it's actually not terribly effective and it doesn't teach them anything and it doesn't make them want to cooperate with us. It kind of makes them a little more selfish because they say, oh, she hates me and I'm She's hurting me, that kind of thing, right? It's kind of, it feeds mm-hmm. that, that whole narrative that she has been telling herself. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage you to stop that as, as fast as you can and, right. um, and instead take care of yourself, right? Instead, I need a break. I need to take care of myself. I don't want to yell at you. I'm not going to send you to your room, but I need a break. I'm going to go walk away. Okay. Okay. And then we had to put some deposits in the relationship bank account so you guys can get back to like an equilibrium where you can talk to each other without like her freaking out. Right. And one of the things I mean, it may be, you know, maybe she your daughter, maybe it might be helpful for her to get a counselor. Right. She's like been having all this self-doubt. You're worried about her. That kind of thing. That might be a really smart idea. We, we just, we're in a very rural community, so there's not a lot of options available. We didn't really feel like after mm. four or five months that we were getting anything out of it. Um, and we went together, and that was the, the whole purpose. Mm-hmm. I just, I won't, I don't want, I, I have to be the parent now, but at some point, I want to be her friend. I want to be the person she comes to. I want for us to have a wonderful relationship, and that was my concern. I'm scared that if we continue on this path, that she's not going to come to me when she's older. She's she's not going to consider yeah. me a friend. So that's why we began that. But it's difficult because of of where we live. So I have thought of looking into maybe online options, okay. like teletherapy. Yeah. yeah. Maybe look into that. So I'm going to just like put that out there that I think that would be positive for you. But it's, But there are a whole bunch of changes you can make right now that can make your relationship closer now because she is so close to the teen years. And you don't like when you have bigger kids, like when they're teens, there are bigger problems. You don't want her to just be resenting you and the methods you're using now, you know, when she gets into the teen years and then she's you have no influence left. Right. The more you use power and by power, I mean, like the, the punishments and the threats and taking things away from her, the less influence you have. 
So the more you use power, the less influence you have. Now, you may feel like you need to use power in some situations, but if you can do it as sparingly as possible, and maybe even not at all, that's going to help because you're in a relationship now. You're going to be in a relationship with her for the rest of your life. Like, and, um, and you're always going to be mom, you know, maybe you'll be, and, but you can be friendly now too. (laughs) So I just kind of want to say like, you don't have to think of this separation necessarily right away. So there's a tool I want to give you to help repair this relationship. And I would invite you to consider a letter of beginning anew. I would invite you to write a heartfelt letter to her. And in that letter, it has three parts. The first part is going to be, you're going to like water the seeds of her flower (laughs) or just express appreciation. You're going to express all the things you appreciate about her. She's done a lot. She helps a lot. She's she's had to deal with a lot. Right. So but don't just all don't talk about what she's had to deal with. The first part is just appreciation, just pure appreciation. It's a, your chance to acknowledge the things that she does or has done that that are help that help you and that are positive and all those things. In the second part, you're going to express your own regrets. Um, you're human. So you will have these. <laughs> we all do. But I would in particular express, you know, I imagine you might have some regrets about like the way this has escalated, right? I mean, I'm yes. kind of hearing that a little from you, right? Like there might be some regrets there and that's okay. Lots. It's okay. You're allowed to be human and we all, we all make mistakes and you're allowed to, you know, and we can always turn things around. Okay. So we yes. can always begin anew. And that's one of the beauties of this. Okay. So you're going to express your regrets in a really heartfelt soul to soul, not role to role way, not like from mother to daughter but from me, Katrina, to you, Abigail. Okay? Okay. And the third part, you're going to express your hurts and difficulties. And you're not going to do this in a blameful or accusatory manner. You're going to just lay out there what are the difficulties that you're having now and, you know, express your hope to move forward in a positive way, right? And what's nice about this, like you, when you express your appreciation, right, you're seeing all of her, not just her challenges. You're seeing her beauty, too. It may make her open to hearing the things. When you Then part two, when you express your regrets, you're saying, I'm not perfect. I'm human. I have regrets, too. That makes her even more open to hearing things. And then you get to part three, you express your hurts and difficulties. She might be open to hearing them, right, because you have become human or really, you know, open and vulnerable. Yeah. Stay tuned for more Mindful Mama podcast right after this break. Feel like you're the martyr in your family. You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, 
we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt Free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. And so what would you want to express in part three to her? I guess just mainly, like I said, our relationship. When it was me, her, my husband, we were very close. We we did more things together. Now, COVID did mess that up a lot, but just that maybe I haven't taken the time to be more with her and that she doesn't see me as someone she can come to. Okay, that sounds good. And that sounds like part something you're going to talk about in part two, expressing your regrets. For the hurts and difficulties things, this is the place to talk about when she's having trouble, when you're both having trouble, right? So you want to say, hey, babe, and you're obviously in your whole language, um, it's incredibly hard for me when we have a challenge and you yell and I yell and I want to turn that around. You know, I, I'm going to be working as hard as I can to take care of myself, to take care of my feelings and to guide you, n- not punish you, to to not yell at you and all of those things. You know, I hope you can, you can also practice that with me. Like you can also, you know, I want you to know that you're incredibly valuable. You're all these things, but also, you know, I need time with your brother. And when I need time with him, I want you to know that doesn't mean I don't love you. You know, you want to say all of these things sort of straight out in this letter. Okay. And what's nice about a letter form is that she can read it in her own time and process it and respond to it in her own time or not respond to it. It may just be, you know, and you may say, hey, you want to talk about this? And it may be that she doesn't and that's okay. But you're going to do your best to begin anew, to begin a new foot with this letter and this um, experience with her. Okay. And I, I think I'll How is this all landing with you, Katrina? Really good. Very helpful. Uh, I just, I felt like I just didn't know where to turn. I keep reading all of these different things, listening to all these different podcasts, and I just felt like I was trying everything all at once. And I didn't know which, what to follow. Or yeah. What not to follow. So, 
the the clarification on when to send her to a room and you know taking the break I love that yeah because I can see now how she may feel like you know when she goes up there she's she's still mad at me she's mad because I, she feels like I'm not giving her that love when she's expressing that frustration yeah and that's inc- going to be incredibly hard you know I just you know that's going to be super hard like your habit is when she gets mad you get mad right. That's normal. That's like what most of us do. Yes. And so I just want to acknowledge that this is going to be an incredibly hard thing for you to do. You're going to need support. You know, I would encourage you to talk to your husband, play him this podcast um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, whatever. And just so that you can, you know, get the support you need because it's going to be hard. Like you may have family members who say, oh, she spoke to you so disrespectfully, you should spank that girl or send her to her room, right? Like, and I want you to know that even though that happens, you have the science on your side, right? Like you have to understand her nervous system, her, she needs like that attachment to you. She needs that loving when she's at her worst. She needs her, you to love and accept her as she is, even though you don't, you don't have to put up with like, you don't have to put up with an attitude or, I mean, you know, like you shouldn't put up with disrespect. So there are, but right now she's internalizing all that and telling herself the story that she's horrible. And that's mm-hmm. why this is happening. Right. And, you know, and that's heartbreaking. Right. And we don't want that. But she's nine and you can turn this around. So this is going to be super hard, but it may be like the most significant, like, Thing that you guys do in your relationship at this really like crucial point, right? She's at the cusp. She's a tween. She's just out of kind of moving out of childhood. She's at the cusp of adolescence and she really, really needs you. So if she is disrespectful, I still need to voice how I feel that I'm getting frustrated and I need a break and just walk away and then come back and discuss the behavior. Yeah. Yeah, when everybody's calm, come back and say, hey, when you talk to me like that, I felt hurt. It made me not want to be able to like hang out with you in that moment. And and I'd like us to be able to speak to each other in a better way. Right. So when my daughters tell me, like, give me like that or have in the past, like giving me like I've gotten some of that like 13 year old attitude kind of thing. So what I do when that happens, right, our feelings are like an iceberg. And right at the tip of the iceberg above the level of consciousness is anger and frustration, right? But then there's all these feelings like below the iceberg, underneath the level of consciousness, where it's like we're feeling sad, we're feeling helpless, we're feeling, you know, hurt, right? So these are all the things that are underneath. And so when we're talking to our kids, so when my kids have given me an attitude or some or spoken to me disrespectfully, I've said, whoa, when you talk to me like that, which is a non-judgmental way of describing what's happening, right? When you talk to me like that, I feel hurt. You know, so I'm going, what I'm going to do is I'm going to express the emotion underneath the frustration. And I feel hurt and it's hard for me to hang out, be with you right now, you know? And what's effective about that is that are, and I, I didn't do it perfectly. Just want to let you know it didn't happen all the time. But anyway, like, but what's effective about that is that there's nothing to fight against, right? Like you're just okay. expressing your honest feelings 
and you're telling them how their behavior affects you, honestly and congruently, right? And so when you let her know how the behavior affects you without being blameful, without being accusatory, with being open and vulnerable, right, instead of bringing like the two fists together, then there's nothing to fight against. And there's just like learning. And it really diffuses that kind of thing. It makes it so like because when you bring, you know, defensiveness or whatever or anger to their anger, it always escalates. Right. So you want to actually be open heart, and vulnerable. And that defuses all of that. It, it lets those all those stuff dissipate. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Very much. <laughs> Wow. Katrina, I'm so glad you were able to come today and, and talk about this because I feel like you're sharing really open and vulnerably. And I think that this is going to be so valuable and so helpful for a lot of people. You've had incredible challenges in your life. You had this major accident. You've had this, you have this daughter who's suffering and who's really challenging. You've seen this like plummet and her doubt, you know, her self-confidence and this doubt arising. And we talked about like, well, what do we do, right? How do we show her acceptance when she's having trouble? What, what do we do about discipline, right? What do we do about teaching? And how do we take, you know, deal with these situations? We also talked about the letter of beginning anew. So I'm wondering from you, what, is, what are you going to take away from this session today? That I need to stop disciplining or punishing her and put more to this bank. Uh, I felt like I needed to tell her what was not up to the standard I thought it should be when that was just continuing to hurt her. I was, I guess, still in that criticism mode because that's how I thrive, that I wasn't giving her what she needed. Yeah, I think those are great takeaways. Do you think you'll do the letter beginning anew? Yes, 100%. And I also want my husband to do one also. Ew, that's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, really, this letter can be done. It's so nice. Like, it can be done you to your husband, us to our parents. It's it's really can, can be very cathartic to do this kind of thing. But um, that's beautiful, Katrina. I'm so glad to hear it. I'm, will you promise to write me an email or something in three or six months and let me know how things are going? Yes, 100%. I have such high hopes that, you know, hopefully changing a couple of these ways that I parent will really improve our relationship because that's that's all I want is for her to feel loved and happy and safe at home. I want her to feel that when she's here, even if she thinks the world hates her, mommy and daddy and Jameson are the ones she can turn to. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Keep that intention in mind. That's really lovely. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing your story and coming in on the Mindful Mama podcast to share this. I think it's going to help so many people. And I, I think you're super brave and awesome for doing that. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode and got something great out of it, something you're going to take home that is going to help you and your family. And I want to continue to thank you for your reviews that you leave on Apple Podcasts. It makes such a big difference to the podcast. I appreciate it so much. 
I want to give a shout out to Gina G Mom 23 who left a review and a five-star review and said mindful parenting, mindful mama. And she said she found the podcast searching for parenting podcasts. It has become my favorite. I wish I had found this podcast years ago. It's completely in line with my parenting beliefs and philosophy. I listen to the podcast and inspires me to write. I have a blog. It has also been a great way to start my day to set intentions. Thank you, Hunter. Thank you, Gina G Mom. I really, really appreciate it. So please do leave a review for the podcast. It helps the podcast grow more. And of course, we'd love to hear your feedback. Tag me on Instagram at Mindful Mama Mentor. And I am wishing you a great week, my friend. I'm so glad you're here to listen. I'm so glad you're here to share the podcast and share the message that we have of mindful parenting. We're transforming the world. I kind of believe that's part of a movement. You know, you're part of it. You're listening. You're part of it, too. And when you share, you really become part of it. And it really helps to change things for families and for kids all around the world. It's like so global. So that's amazing. Yeah. So I hope whatever you got today, you got something that you can take and put in your pocket, some little nugget. Maybe you'll discuss with your parenting partner and if you have one and um, something that'll help water your good seeds. Hope that, you know, the work that we do here, my team, this whole team of people puts this out for you and Chelsea and Alex and Emma and Lynn, all these people. I hope that um, the work that we do has inspired you. That's why we do it. So anyway, wishing you a great week. I can't wait to connect with you again. And I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Namaste. I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I have this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it? who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clarkfields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships 
not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the waitlist, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. mindfulparentingcourse.com Real truth alert, pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were, but the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.